Hey, and welcome to episode four of Hit The Clock podcast. I am Cheryl, your host. Fertility is not an area we tend to talk enough about, especially with men. It's normally left to the ladies to talk about. A hugely problematic narrative because the truth is, fertility impacts both men and women equally. It's an area that needs to be talked about and normalised because it is something that happens normally. In this episode, I speak to businessman, podcaster and self-confessed geek, Jason. We talk about his journey to becoming a dad and all the fertility bits we tend not to talk about. It's just under an hour of real heartfelt honesty. It will move you, but this conversation was so necessary. Please note, because of the nature of the topic discussed, some people may find the conversation triggering in parts, so please proceed with caution. And should you wish to feedback, as always, I am open to it. Please hit me up on the socials, it's Cheryl's World Across the Board, and let's talk. Okay, so this particular episode i just want to say it's a it's a subject that i feel is not spoken about nearly enough it's a subject that affects and impacts hundreds if not thousands of people much less black people on a daily basis i'm talking about fertility on this episode i have a really good friend of mine that has his own personal journey to share with us as well as just kind of giving us some insight and understanding into yeah the whole fertility i don't know what help me out jason so what are we calling this is <laughs> the fertility experience what's the best what is the best way of describing what you went through um i think the the best way to describe it really is uh yeah the journey you know i currently work in on on a a podcast of my own called daddy's journey which is it is about the journey from you know the very first stages of the fertility kind of experience right up until where that journey ends for us which is with uh, the birth of uh, my son Quincy so so yeah I guess it's the fertility journey um, really because whoever engages in it will go on a journey of, of some sort so yeah. Okay. So you mentioned that you have a podcast, Daddy's Journey. That's a new podcast that you've created and you've stepped away from your other podcast partner. Uh, and I guess this is a, pa- a passion project, if you like, because as you say, it's about the journey and it's about something that's quite close to your heart. But tell us a little bit more about some of the other stuff you do. I, I host a, a podcast with a good friend of mine, Richard, aka Rich Reviews. Um, and we talk about kind of movies and, and pop culture, comic books, gaming, things that we've been passionate about for years and years and years and years we always kind of said you know when we even when we first met each other we always said that we wanted to do something like podcasting but podcasting didn't exist at the time so we had we had no idea like we always had this passion to kind of speak about these things but it's like what do we do do we try and get on the radio but like yeah but nobody's gonna like listen to that on the radio nobody's gonna tune in for an hour to listen to two guys talk about geeky stuff for for an hour and that's not gonna happen so um yeah we were a bit ahead of the time on, on that and we had to wait a little bit for um for uh, technology and people's taste to, catch, to kind up. Of catch up but um yeah they, we, here we are really we've been running Wulong Talks for a long time now since sort of 2017 really yeah. um and we're still going strong um and it's still a lot of fun professionally I work in a kind of business in- administration and information and uh, and yeah said in in my online spaces I, I, I put on my 
geek costume and, and indulge in, in the geek world. So yeah, that's me really. Yes. Yeah. I think, you know, it's interesting that it's, it's easy to kind of have like two personas really these days, your online persona, which is, I guess the real you. And then obviously the day job, which is just paying the bills. Mm. We're not Very here to much talk so. about that. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to talk about the day job. We're not talking about the day job. Yeah. Jason, I really, really wanted to talk to you. I mean, thank you so much for, agree- for agreeing to, to even, you know, take part in this episode and to sort of uh, be prepared to share your journey. Okay, when it comes to Black fertility or when it comes to the whole thing around fertility, there's not much conversation happening. I don't feel like we talk about it enough. We all know people that have had fertility treatments. We all know people that have A, I've had trouble conceiving. B, have opted to go down the IVF route. You know, we all know someone that may have had a miscarriage. There's so many different things that can happen in the kind of fertility space. Everyone's experienced or known someone that's gone through stuff, yet we still don't talk about it. Why? Yeah, I mean... It's an interesting question, and and there seems to be kind of various answers depending on on where you look. And so I guess it it could be a number of different things. I mean, one factor that that I think has to be considered is uh, our culture. Um, we don't necessarily come from a culture where these things are kind of freely talked about um, necessarily. You know, it's kind of a given within um, various black cultures be that uh caribbean or, or african that you know fertility and childbirthing and things like that are, are things that will just happen for mm-hmm. a couple and when it doesn't happen i think there is a certain amount of taboo around that and a bit of a stigma and um sometimes it doesn't always come from you know say extended family members and things like that sometimes it's it's internal um, yeah. you know it's an internal feeling that, that that people have um when they experience that that kind of thing but i find that yeah there is a little bit of of a of a kind of stigma there you know within the community surrounding it there's also you know the, the very legitimate fear of uh medical intervention and and you know medicine and, and science that we don't necessarily quite understand because again culturally we've had a not great history when it comes yeah. to you know certain aspects of uh healthcare and, and and the way that we're treated um you know you do read some some pretty horrific statistics surrounding um black people in healthcare and in the nhs and, and how you know they experience the, the the services they receive there so so that is you know part of of the issue i think as well and you know there are other factors as as well it's not you know lack of knowledge and, and kind of not knowing where to go and and who to speak to and how to speak to them about these things is you know not knowing how to start that conversation with with people about their fertility so that is definitely part of, of the issue as well so as said you know there, there's kind of several layers there you know yeah. depending on, on, on kind of how you look at it so let's take the whole thing around stigma so I, I think stigma is probably one of the biggest issues how we're raised how we're taught the things that we're conditioned to believe like you said a couple it's presumed couples going to get together they're going to have a baby if that's what they want and that's just it there's also this thing of black hyperfertility that it's almost like it's presumed that black people and again this is kind of going back to a more racist time let's say where black people were seen as just multi-breeders like all we did was breed. you know you had the baby father kind of thing black men out here just shooting their seed all over the place it seemed or it was presented that black people just 
breed. So then if you have that as a, an understanding, even knowing as a black person that that is not entirely the case, okay, it's a stereotype, that can kind of play into the stigma too. So you've got all these different things that feed into what creates stigma. Mm. And I think that that is a legitimate one, this idea that black people should just be able to have kids because that's how we're seen as just breeders. Do you, do you think that kind of plays any part in... Uh, I can see that, yeah. I mean, it, it, it wasn't necessarily uh, our experience on the journey. And I think that generally when you engage with medical professionals at, at that level, you don't hit that institutionalised kind of racism surrounding Black people and Black fertility quite as often. Right. Uh, because of, of the, the kind of specialised nature of the science around it. But I but I certainly wouldn't rule that out. Um, I think that is definitely a, a, a legitimate question to ask about how some people experience fertility, particularly if they hit a lot, uh, upon fertility problems and start yeah. looking for professional help, you know, to resolve it. Uh, I do think it, that, you know, there is a, a case to be made that perhaps as you said the kind of you know the stereotype that's been perpetuated about black people and black couples and, and black fertility doesn't necessarily help um us of course when you know you then hit a problem and need to to, to move into those spaces to get the help that you need okay so let's talk about your particular journey so take us from the beginning so it kind of begins really around 2011. We had been trying for roughly about a year and realised that, um, you know, we just weren't getting anywhere in terms of um, having a child. So, you know, my wife being the, the, the clued in person that she is, so we're sort of like, okay, something's wrong. We've got to go get some help. So it's like, all right, cool. You guys had that conversation mm. quite early on, because if you're saying after a year, because some people, if we're on it, mm. sometimes it does take a little while. It just depends. So after a year, you guys yes. had a conversation yeah. and wifey said, right, we're mm-hmm. going to go and seek some help. Okay. And um, so, you know, through the GP, we were able to get referred to um, a specialist unit at, at the local hospital. My wife had then had a number of tests and things done, and that uh, kind of determined that, yeah, we would need additional support and additional medical help if we were going to conceive. Luckily for us, because of where we live, the trust area that we live in, we were actually able to get free um, IVF cycles oh, wow. um, paid for on the NHS. That's amazing. Um, which is, yeah, really good because, you know, the one thing that we discovered and learned on this journey is that, A, it's an absolute postcode lottery yeah. in terms of the kind of IVF treatment you're going to be able to access. And B, boy, is it expensive. Like, it's, it's costly. Jay. Honestly, yeah. it's financial. I've heard so many people say, and I've heard so many stories over the years, why people can't go for IVF because it's so expensive. So mm-hmm. that's amazing that you managed to get that for, well, essentially for free yeah yeah I mean so I said we you know we're really fortunate that we we live where we live because um you know in 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 some places in the country you get zero on the NHS they just won't fund it because it's too expensive so you know so so we were lucky so so after that we kind of got referred to a a couple of specialist hospitals firstly to Bart's Hospital um where they have a, a specialist fertility clinic and then to St Mary's Hospital who uh also kind of specialize in a different part of, of it so they're good 
at looking at things like blood makeup and, and scans, recurrent miscarriage and, and things like that. They're good at that there. And then Bart's is good at doing like the fertility bits. So they, yeah. they actually get to build the Lego pieces, so to speak. So, so yeah, so it was two different um, kind of hospitals is, is, is where the journey began. And then, yeah, we, we started the process, which involved my wife uh, being given some drugs to, to kind of stimulate her ovaries to, to grow a certain number of eggs. And then... Uh, yeah, the eggs were essentially harvested by by Bart's. A uh, sample of my sperm was taken, and then the the sperm was implanted into the eggs, and then they they left it for a little while to see basically what would happen and, and what would come from that. And, and then from the initial batch, my wife had a, an issue with with uh, overstimulation of the ovaries. Um, which kind of caused like yeah a few other issues along the way as well but essentially we ended up with about um, I think it was me in the end it was about 12 fertilized eggs in the end uh, of various different qualities and then what they would do is they grade the the eggs based on on the quality that that comes out the other side They, they have like a kind of a set of things that they look for in, in an egg to see um you know what how viable the egg looks and whether they think it's worthwhile putting that one back or whether mm-hmm. they think yeah no you know this one's not going to work not so yeah so yeah so we ended up with quite a, a few and of that I believe it would have been about eight that, that they kind of set aside and said yeah uh, these ones we think are are viable right so then yeah or after a, a given about a month or so there's there's one that's put back um egg that gets put back uh they do an implementation where they take the the, the egg and, and physically kind of insert it into uh, the womb and then if that's done successfully and and, and everything has gone in then the waiting game begins and yeah. you wait to see whether it's uh, been successful or not really so that that was kind of the the early part of the journey and then the first one wasn't successful uh, unfortunately my wife had to go through miscarriage you know that that takes a kind of lot out of her yeah. and a lot out of us really as a couple after that you you try and reassess and and see where you're at and then you know if you can um then you dust yourself off and you, you start okay. again basically yeah. and you start the whole process again so so that's kind of how it works on the nhs but we've also had private treatment but i can get to that later. so jason let me understand because we always talk about how the woman feels you know, obviously it's the woman that's going through, you know, the tests most of the time. It's the woman that's having, you know, um, her eggs harvested, things being put in, things taken out, injections here, there and everywhere. You know, it's all happening to the woman. So we focus a lot on her feelings and what she's going through. But you as a man, this is your wife. So obviously you're going to have feelings about that. You know, you're obviously you're concerned for her. But how did you feel? Like, how did you feel throughout this process? Throughout the process, I was, you know, I was quite excited uh, initially because partly because I was just kind of like, oh, wow, I've never kind of seen this thing before so I'm just like what is all of this all of this this magic science that you're it doing is like magic you know? which it is yeah it really is part of it kind of blew me away emotionally I felt fine and, and quite positive especially in the early part of, of the journey they felt quite confident that that uh, they could find a way to make this successful for us and, and they didn't think there were too many issues there that, that they could see initially so after a while that's when the anxiety starts to creep in a little bit and you're like but what if it doesn't work mm-hmm. what does that mean and how am I going to feel about that and how am I going to deal with that and what am I going to do if you know things go wrong and you know do, my partner needs my support like can I support her correctly if if 
you know, can I give her the support that she needs? And and so you kind of, that, that kind of creeps into your head, that, that doubt and that anxiety, it, it starts to creep in. So, so it becomes a, 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 yeah, a mixture of kind of, you know, excitement and enthusiasm with anxiety and, and, and a bit of worry and not knowing kind of what what comes next you know so so that was kind of how I felt especially as said with that first cycle in particular so the first cycle how did that end uh not well um it ended with miscarriage um unfortunately uh yeah it seemed that the pregnancy just wasn't viable we had to go to hospital and this is where we did experience the the kind of problems with the NHS because because it was an emergency situation we had to go to uh, A&E the the A&E doctors and, and the staff who were there didn't really have access to Charlene's medical records because oh. we just kind of turned up because essentially that's what the clinic could advise us to do was to just yeah. don't just go A&E so because of that you know we were seen with with uh, by the, the emergency staff there was a certain amount of insensitivity around the the, the fact that uh, she was miscarrying and and that was quite distressing and difficult to deal with mm-hmm. it's hard to blame like the individuals themselves because at the end of the day you know they're A&E staff they're, they're there to kind of treat you know whatever comes Emergency their way situation. so they're not people who are specialized in one thing or, or are used to seeing and dealing with one thing and they, so, I guess they don't have that level of empathy as well. No, yeah, that's it. There, there, there's not the empathy. There's not the bedside manner that yeah. you would find if you were in another scenario where they're used to dealing with that, then, then you would yeah. get that. You know, we didn't experience that. And that made the, the whole situation much more difficult um, to deal with and much more painful. So, yeah, the first cycle didn't really end well. You know, the subsequent three other cycles that, that, that came on, on the NHS didn't end well. And so there was a lot of, yeah, unfortunately, a lot of uh, miscarriages and and, and failed pregnancies. We got to the point where it was kind of like we had to use another clinic um, in uh, Harley Street, which was like a private clinic and and stuff. Yeah, that was wild and wacky as well. (laughs) A little bit like the the, the kind of treatments that were, um, you know, administered were were off the wall, shall we say. Really? Uh, Or it felt that way to me. Yeah, there was was various kinds of like blood transfusions and things like that, because the feeling was that, you know, my partner needed my antibodies in her bloodstream in order to help with fertility and things like that. The science itself is disputed (laughs) within the community, let's say like yeah, there's well, there's like half that. of the scientists in there who, who who believe that is a viable option and the other half who say it's absolute rubbish but yeah it, it, it's kind of swings and roundabouts and I guess once we'd been through what we'd been through we were kind of more open to do it yeah well you're yeah. Like, you know what I just want the child so exactly exactly anything yeah give it a go. Yeah. yeah yeah and then we could we on top of that we we paid them bloody like 20 20 grand I think oh it was. my gosh so um yeah <laughs> it was a lot Jesus Jay that's yeah. a lot it was a lot I know it's not so um, I know it's not cheap yeah yeah I mean that again that's something we can talk about separately because that because it's a whole business and a whole industry out there yeah. that um people need to be aware of but but yeah so we went through that as well and and you know ultimately that didn't end particularly well either and that was again kind of traumatic because with that one I think we kind of got the closest that we ever had in the sense that we had uh, one scan uh, I think it was the eight 
eight-week scan on a nine-week scan, they, they, were we actually able to see a, a heartbeat in, an embry- in the embryo? But then, unfortunately, as I said, the, the embryo just wasn't able to hang on. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that ended in another miscarriage. So, so yeah, it was... Um, as I said it's a difficult kind of journey really and um yeah there's a lot that kind of went on for us yeah we've been on a long old road and how did it affect you guys as a couple because I mean obviously there's there's a lot of love you're both going through this together you both want this did you ever find that it really tested your relationship oh yeah absolutely Absolutely. And I think, to be honest, I don't think anybody who kind of goes through any experience similar to what we've been through cannot have their their relationship tested. It's going to happen because this is such a it's such a tumultuous experience going through fertility treatment even if you you know you have it and you know everything goes perfectly on your first cycle and bang it's all you know it, it you know everything's perfect and you end up with a, a viable pregnancy and a happy baby nine months later it's still a massive kind of life-changing experience yeah, yeah. so that is you know it's going to have an impact on on your relationship so Definitely. there's absolutely no way that that anybody can go into this and not expect there to be you know strains and stresses um you you have to kind of consider you know the medical impacts um in a sense that you know because of the amount of intervention some people may require um it can be very involved that can take its toll on you physically which can then ultimately take its toll on you emotionally and and mentally and spiritually um and then on top of that you're dealing with the anxiety and the questions and you know am i doing the right thing am i going to be able to to see this through as i said before you know what happens if it goes wrong is it my fault if it's gone wrong you know what if it is my fault if it's gone wrong how am I going to deal with that and you know you you and your partner are both going through these things on on this journey and as a result you know it 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 can easily put stresses and and strains on on the relationship without question so the the key for us was you know having access to to some really good counseling at at different points in in the journey yeah you know we've had some really good counseling and we've also been able to to rely on the strength of our relationship and the openness of it to to kind of ensure that that we were doing the right thing by each other at, at different points in the process uh, and that definitely helped as well and it, it kind of helps you build this this siege mentality in your head where you're kind of you know it's me and you against the world babe and That's this it. is it we're going to do it you know so yeah. you have my back I'll have your back and we just you know we go for it and whatever comes to us we'll, we'll deal with it yeah because yeah. you hear stories don't you you hear stories all the time that people that go through IVF and sadly they don't the relationship doesn't make it because mm. it's mm. such a strain Mm. and especially when it doesn't go when it doesn't end favorably Mm. you know Mm -hmm. that can really kind of emotionally knock you left left right and you know center Mm. okay so you've gone through the three so you've gone through four cycles with the no you've gone through three cycles with the nhs then you've done a Mm -hmm. private cycle Mm -hmm. so how did the private cycle end is that have we ended with 
Uh, no, the, the, the first now? private cycle was unfortunately the uh, miscarriage. Right. So, and, and again, it was a pretty traumatic one as well. And then we decided to just kind of take a break because we'd been doing it for like sort of four years at, at that point. And we're just kind of like, you tired. know, we're tired. Yeah, yeah we're, we're tired, mentally, physically tired. So we just thought, you know, let's just take a year out. Let's just focus on ourselves so yeah. you know we we decided to travel a bit so we did a quite a bit of traveling in, in that year and then visited different countries and stuff and just tried to experience more things together in in the yeah. ways that you know we did as a couple um in the early days so you know have more dates and, and kind of go out and just do fun stuff and not yeah. think about talk about fertility and 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 anything else so after that it's then we kind of started again and that's where we found out about IVF IVF services abroad and uh, we went to go and to a uh, convention at Olympia which uh, they usually put on every year for for kind of um, it's like a a baby show basically but they normally will have um, various IVF clinics there as well and we met a fertility nurse named Ruth Pello um, who who runs a a kind of fertility business out of uh, Greece out of Athens and and Thessaloniki and meeting her and and kind of having a discussion with with her we told her about our medical history and, and kind of the experiences with IVF and things we've gone through and Ruth was kind of of the opinion that it's not that we can't get pregnant, it's that there's something going on with the embryo. So we might just need to, to have a look at that and, and have a bit of help. Going through that and through uh, through her, we, we got in touch with a, a clinic based in Thessaloniki, um, went out there and, and then um, harvested some more embryos and things uh-huh. like that. Because of, well, I don't know if it's because of the passage of time or, or whatever, but because because of, of, of where we were on in the journey, um, when some more embryos were harvested, we, we came out with a lot less. Um, and there was some concern as well as to whether or not my sperm was necessarily viable with um, Charlene's eggs. So we also had to look at the, the possibility of a donor. So <laughs> we did a bit of that as well. So um, I think people underestimate hmm. the actual complexity behind conceiving yes. children i think people yes. just presume yeah. yeah man woman bush bash bosh done no mm. you only understand it when it doesn't happen mm-hmm. exactly exactly yeah exactly that. Mm. yeah exactly it's way more complex mm. but um yeah so so we you know we were given the option of or, or certainly informed that you know maybe you want to look at, at donor sperm as well as an option mm-hmm. um so we ended up uh, having a look at that and, and that was a whole thing because that's like because it's a like, weird experience because it's like you're picking a daddy out of a catalog yeah. you're gonna be the daddy <laughs> how did that make you feel Jay how did that make you feel do you know what I would I was surprisingly fine with it <laughs> like okay. I thought it maybe in kind of yeah in a way I, I kind of thought it was going to be this 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 real like head job that was gonna you know cause me a lot of problems to, to to get my head around and stuff but I was actually surprisingly cool maybe because of how much had gone on before in yeah. the IVF journey I was just kind of at a point where I was like this you know what I don't yeah. care anymore I just need to like do this now so, this yeah. yeah I just need to be your dad now so yeah you know it it it, it was something I was surprisingly comfortable with because I always saw it as you know it's our child regardless yeah. of 
you know, who biologically, you know, that provided a building block for, you know, this thing to happen, it will still be our child. So, yeah. so yeah, yeah, we did that. And um, the, there was, uh, I think it was two embryos from the donor or, or one, I can't remember exactly, but there, there were a couple that, that were put back um, and fertilized. And then when the testing was done, the clinic in Greece realized that there was probably just a few kind of tweaks that needed to be made to our process in order for it to be successful. And they felt if those tweaks were made, then it would be. So we had uh, two successfully viable embryos uh-huh. um, out of all of this. Uh, and one of them was implanted uh, in Charlene. And um, yeah, that one turned out to be uh, our son, Quincy, uh, oh. a perfectly, you know, happy little boy. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it, it was like, it was just crazy. Like come, going through that part of the process was actually kind of wild because <laughs> I said, when you look back on it, you're like, yeah, I said, I was literally in a catalogue looking for, looking for potential dads like yeah, who's, who's this person if you had been told to sit down before all of this if it was just presented to you before the journey there's a high chance because it's like you just can't fathom it but after you've been through so much and you've seen and you've understood you realize that well, number one, he's, he, he is your child. Mm. And number two, it's a case of, well, it's science doing what it does and giving you what you want, ultimately. Mm, mm, it is. It is. And, and as said, I said, I'm surprised still to this day about how quickly I got, got my head around the, the, the idea of, of a, a potential it. sperm donor. You know, that that kind of was, was something I dealt with pretty quickly <laughs> along and, the way. And that's amazing. And that's a testament to you. And I also think it's a testament to Wifey as well, because I guess maybe because she made it feel OK, too. Because imagine if you had a wife that didn't make it feel okay then that yeah, would be yeah, yeah. i mean you would have both had to have been definitely on the age all mm, the way through. absolutely absolutely there, okay. there's no way it could have worked if you know she isn't the person that she is if yeah. she wasn't somebody who you know would make a, a, a thing of because as you said we can you know we could easily think of scenarios where a situation like that can become a real thing yeah. um you know but it it absolutely wasn't um you know, and I'm really lucky because she always has said, regardless of, of whatever she experienced on the journey, she always made sure that that I was, you know, feeling fully involved and yes. fully a part of it um, and checking that, you know, emotionally and, and mentally, I felt OK with the choices that, that we were making. Yeah. You know, that that is invaluable in that experience really it it really is you know definitely and I think again kind of just going back to what we were saying earlier about stigmas I think black people or can I say black men in particular there's this almost like this inbuilt thing of well I don't know if I want to say it's inbuilt but there's this idea that black men should go out and spread their seed Mm. So I I guess if you if you are of that mindset, then 
finding yourself in a situation that you found yourself in kind of adds to the stigma for some, kind of impacts. Mm. I want to say impacts the bullshit because it's just what basically society's created for you. You know, this, mm. this kind of idea of what you should be is what society's told you you should be. So you're not even really being true to yourself. So yeah, it, it is bullshit. But do you see what I'm trying to say? It's like for a lot of black men, I think, and this is why, you know what? I have so much respect for you on that level because as a couple make a decision that was right for you both and it goes beyond what other people are going to think, what other people are going to say, because let's be real, people have always got something to say about hmm. everything. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Good, <laughs> bad and indifferent, you know? So yeah, I think the point I'm trying to make is that we as people sometimes, we cast a rod for our own back. Mm-hmm. You know, we, yeah. We, we, we buy or we play into damaging sort of stereotypical behaviours. Yes. Yeah. And I think in an instance like this, I could so easily see how a lot of black men would just be like, no, I can't be doing... Do you, do you know what I mean? You could just see mm. it. Yeah. And then yeah. indirectly do themselves out of, of happiness. Mm, mm. Yeah. I mean, th- this experience will, will humble you for yeah. sure. Yeah. It will humble you and it yeah. will strip your ego away and you know, it will, it will really kind of hold a mirror up to you to, yeah. to show you, you know, who you are. I think for, yeah, I, I can see certainly for, for some black men who, who maybe have bought into a lot of the, the, the stereotypes, particularly mm-hmm. the negative stereotypes surrounding black male fertility and, and, and what that's supposed to represent. You know, I can see a situation like this becoming extremely challenging for them yeah. and them not necessarily dealing with that in a way that's, you know, healthy or, or positive for, for them or, or their partner. So it's, you know, that as I said, this is an experience that is going to to strip away, you know, whatever layers you, you have on top oh. of you. So, you know, if if you find yourself in that kind of position, you you kind of have to be ready to to be like, you know what, this I've got to open myself up here and, and just do it and go for it. Because if you don't, you know, it, it can become toxic very, very quickly. Wait. Very, very quickly. Yeah, because even down to, because I mean, I know we mentioned blame earlier on. And I guess like the journey with yourself and your wife, sort of understanding that, okay, coming to the realisation that maybe it was the compatibility of both of you. Like maybe that's what wasn't necessarily hitting. You know, that in itself must have been emotionally a bit of a tough nut to swallow because this is your wife. This is who you love. You want to just know that I can just make children, you know. Mm. Because before you embark on a journey like this, you presume, yeah, if that's what you wanted, you know, if you want kids, that you're going to find your wife, you're going to have kids, and that's the end of it. So to know that it hasn't quite gone how you imagined, that must have been something that took, you oh, know, hell yeah. terms with, definitely. Like, to come to yeah. terms, that must have been... Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, you know, not to use foul language on, on your podcast, but it's a head fuck. Go ahead. Yeah, it is because you you ju- as you said the, you just assume that yeah. you know the these are the, the these are the things that are going to happen. You you know yeah. you get married or you'll have your two point four kids and, mm-hmm. and you get your nice house and, and off you go and you know living your life. So when that doesn't happen, you're just like 
hold up, wait a minute, you know, what what the hell is is going on here? And I said it will, you know, this situation will force you to question everything. Yeah, it it can be very, very exposing and and very tough to to kind of get through that. So you do kind of need to to have good foundations, solid foundations um, behind you. And obviously to be able to to know how to kind of articulate your issues to, um, you know, your support network, whether that be your family, your friends, or whether it's through counselling, and to know where to go in order to get the the help that you need. Um, You know, those are the the kind of key things as well. Yeah, as I said, it it will, you know, this is an experience that is going to change your life. So you you have to be ready for that, you know. And I'm glad to see that it's, it's, it's changed you but it, it, it's, it's strengthened you it's changed you guys for the better I would say from where I'm sitting mm. I mean I don't know I, I'm sure wifey but I have other things to say about that. <laughs> it depends <laughs> on where you're at but do you know what I mean like generally it's yeah. like you've come through this together and you've come through it and you've got your your child and things are kind of ticking along so that's strength so I have to ask you are we going to go again I don't know to be honest I mean you, you can never say never I guess um so you know we'll we'll see what what happens really and, and yeah. how things um play out for us but I can't tell you the the kind of I, I can't quite sum up in words how special you know that having our, our son has been um he he really has been you know the miracle of, yeah. <laughs> of our marriage and he's he such has. a beautiful boy I have to say he's so beautiful as well oh, and that, thank you. I mean all, all kids are beautiful but you know yeah. some are more beautiful than others like, <laughs> he's a beautiful baby so it kind of adds to you know I mean I know yeah. you, you're not seeing it like that but I'm no. just I'm just I'm sort of joking but no he is a beautiful child and a true blessing and I just think it's so it's a success story and it just kind of drives home the fact that again why it's important to be able to have these conversations because where it may seem like almost like an impossibility at some point this is proof that there is that light as cliche as it sounds at the end of the tunnel do you know what I mean yeah definitely there is for for most people not obviously not everybody but mm-hmm. for most people there can be a workaround there can be a resolution but we need to be able to have these kind of conversations so that people know again that they're not alone in this you know there's so many different ways and routes isn't there Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely and you know as you said we're you know wherever a a person's journey may end on on this road it's important to know and and to reiterate that you know you're you're not alone um especially for you know for black people for black Mm -hmm. men and women you're not alone in this journey you know i said there's some shocking statistics out there but don't you know let that put you off Um, you know don't let it throw you you um you can still you know start your your journey and 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 start traveling down the road if if this is what you really want and you're sure it's what you really want and there are other avenues and other things um open to you and you'll find that as as you go along in in the journey even if you're not even if you're not able to actually have the child whether wifey has it or you you know there's adoption i mean that's another Mm -hmm. route that a lot of people don't talk about Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Or it's it's still very, you know, we don't really talk about that. We know mm. people are doing it, but there's again, there's not this open dialogue. And I find I always find it interesting when people act shocked when they discover someone's adopted. Mm. There's like a shock around it. Oh, they were adopted. Oh, you adopted? Okay, yeah, you might not have presented. It would have been a presumption, but 
why the shock? Again, mm, it's mm. not something we talk about. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. Exactly. That's it. We don't talk about it. That's why the there's the shock when when that comes along so so jay you mentioned some stats and i just wanted to Mm. kind of throw in a few points here because there was a report that i think came out i want to say last year but it was from the uh, human fertilization and embryology authority Mm. and they said that black people in the uk are over 25 times less likely to access fertility treatment than white people and Mm -hmm. seven percent less likely to be successful yes uh, yeah. Then it goes on to say between 2000, because obviously this was over a period of time, between 2014 and 2018, just under 6,000 people of Black African heritage and uh, just over 1,100 Black Caribbean people underwent IVF. And that was in contrast to 189,000 white yep. British patients. So that mm-hmm. is like, what, over a thousand percent more, mm-hmm. I want to say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Black patients yep. also started treatment two years later than white counterparts uh, on, on average with serious implications for their reproductive health. And uh, also that particular report showed that black people are more likely to or black women are more likely to have multiple births, which in yes. itself presents its own risks. It's just interesting to see mm. that the lack of conversation is what's preventing people coming forward as well. You mm-hmm. can imagine how many people are sitting down at home thinking, you know what, we've been trying for years and this is just not happening. But you know, we're not going to talk about it. We'll just, God will provide. Yes. You know? Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, you know, in, in this kind of scenario, you can sometimes get a little bit of unhelpful advice. And it's good that you gave those statistics there because, um, you know, I, I spoke about this a little bit in the first episode that I did of, of my podcast where, you know, I said, you know, the statistics aren't great, but don't let that put you off yeah um and also you know try not to take too much bad advice you know I I, I hasten to call it bad advice um because you know it often comes from a place of love yeah but there is some people who are telling you things that I mean we you know in our journey we heard various and, and many different odd things like you know you just need to pray more and Mm. you know keep trying it'll be fine you know I know somebody who had seven eight nine ten eleven miscarriages and then had a child and and all of these things are not they're not practical really to to us as people you know uh, yeah they're not helpful they're all it's all kind of anecdotal stuff that, that didn't really take into account our position and where we were and and, yeah. and the kind of people we are you know it, it just was kind of stuff that was thrown at us and and it's hard to be too critical of those people because I said in in most cases it was coming from a place of love and it was just people wanting to to say something to, yeah, to kind of anything you know to say you know look we're we, you know we're, we're here with you and we support you but yeah. it, it just doesn't help when when you get that so yeah you know you do get lots and lots and lots of of weird information (laughs) floating around about about IVF especially within our community so um yeah again it just you know all of this just goes back to the need for us to to really have conversations what about representations though Jay like in the Mm. medical field the fact that we don't have a lot of black obgynies that's a fact yeah true we don't have true. a lot of sort of black professionals in the field yeah you might see the odd one but on the whole we don't do you think that kind of plays into a lot of it if we could see the face of fertility for black people as a black person then that might make it feel a bit more accessible to us as well yeah i mean the the very very first 
consultant we, we saw when we started the, the journey was um, a Nigerian doctor. Right. So that was, you know, the, the very first person that we saw on, on the first stage. And, and I think it was a bit reassuring to, to see somebody black, perhaps not on a conscious level, but on a subconscious yeah, level. It was, it was just, you know, a bit reassuring to enter that space and see another um, black face there but certainly I think yes that I, I can certainly understand where that would be difficult for, for people if there isn't the the representation there in their experience yeah you know one of our fertility counselors that we saw was a woman of color as well mm-hmm. and again it you know even though I, I don't really recall you know kind of race or, or racism coming up in in the conversations within our counselling at, at that point, I think it, it does, again, subconsciously just make you yeah. feel a little bit more well, like, OK, you, you know, I'm I'm just in a slightly more comfortable space yeah. here. It's it's you know, it's not that it's, you know, oh, wow. Yes, a black person. That's it. Yeah. All of our problems are solved. Absolutely. You know, it, it's it's just that, you know, we, you, you feel a little bit more like, OK, there's somebody else who understands what's yeah. going on here. You know, and I think it's more culturally isn't it it's more understanding the cultural impact you know a doctor is a doctor and if someone's professional they can help you regardless of race color or creed yes exactly i think when it comes down to culture and just being able to sometimes it's unspoken isn't it it's just that yeah okay you kind of see where i'm coming from i don't even mm. need to tell you because you 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 came from the same place. So yeah, sometimes it's a bit like that. And I just think that goes across the board of any kind of profession. You know, you can take the argument with when it comes down to the police. You know, mm-hmm. you don't see enough black faces. Therefore, yeah. it's like, oh, you know, the face of the police is a white racist because mm-hmm. we're not seeing enough black. Do you see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. yeah, you can take it anyhow. Okay, yeah. so I am mindful of the time, but I know we mentioned finances. And yes. I just wanted to just just briefly, because as you mentioned, you did have the opportunity to get some free help. But generally, when you go down the private route, Jason, <laughs> talk to me. Talk to me. Boy, oh boy. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's not cheap. <laughs> I don't want just, I don't want figures. Let me just tell you listeners now, it's not yeah. cheap. Yeah. I mean, I won't go into to figures, but um, yeah, unfortunately, because of you know what IVF is and because it's it's very very specialized science it means that you know if you're not able to access that through the traditional means of the NHS and things like that then you are going to be looking at private treatment yeah I mean it, as I said I won't bore you with numbers and figures but it, it costs a lot How many more so things? it is something <laughs> yeah basically yeah so you know again for anyone who who's listening to this who is you know at a position where they they are considering this this step in the journey it is unfortunately something you're going to have to consider is yeah. is finance um you know you will have to think about how much it's you can afford it and and how far you're willing to go down that, that road because um as said there's very there can be various different types of treatments and, and, and different things that you may have to go through which would all have to be paid for out of your pocket so and for some people you know i can imagine it, it, it might put them off i mean you know going back to your statistic about the you know the low uptake of, of ivf in general Mm. amongst the the black community amongst people of color but amongst you know black couples especially i can see an argument where you know access to uh, or lack of access to you know the economic means to to access ivf 
may well be a hindrance and may well play you know part of the reason why the, the numbers are so low in terms well, of the IVF take up amongst you know black communities so it, it definitely plays into the fertility gap because there is clearly a gap mm. and mm-hmm. I think that's an eco it's based on economics and and class in a lot of yes. ways because yeah, yeah. they kind yeah, of yeah. work together don't they as much as we try and say oh it's not about class in a lot of instances especially when it comes to healthcare sadly it is mm. yes yes if you can't access so. the funds yeah exactly I mean it, it, if you know if you can't get that money together then what else do you do you know yeah you've got a problem so wow emotional I want to say it's emotional it's just as you say it's just it just strips you down lets you see who you really are and um really tries you if you had anything if you had any piece of advice that you could give to guys I want to say to men in particular Mm -hmm. they're having trouble conceiving if they think there might be a fertility issue what would you say? I would say, first of all, be kind to yourself. You know, don't beat yourself up over it. 99.999 times out of 10, it, it's a, a problem that has absolutely nothing to do with you. And it's just a quirk of biology and science. You know, the, the, there's nothing wrong with you. So, you know, don't beat yourselves up. Be honest with yourselves about how you feel about it as well. You know, don't be afraid to to share your inadequacies with your partner. And I guess also just try and be as as supportive as you can be as well. And remember that, you know, your partner is also, you know, whatever you're experiencing, your partner is also experiencing. And that, you know, the best way that both of you can get through it is is to support one another. So, you know, try and, and be supportive. And yeah, yeah, and appreciate each other. So that would be kind of my advice really i would love to say have fun but <laughs> unfortunately it's yeah, i can't guarantee sure that it is going to be fun because yeah yeah because yeah, yeah, quite, um, quite clinical after a while yes yeah yeah it, it, it can become very you know very 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 scientific and very yeah. geeky and very clinical and very kind of you know about numbers and, and figures and, and and all sorts so um you know it, it's you know even if things are hard, I guess try and, and, and enjoy some of the experience if you can in, on yeah. some level. You're not going to enjoy all of it, um, you know, and, and especially if if things go wrong, it, it's going to be extremely difficult. Mm. But, you know, try and enjoy as, as, as much as you can on some level the, the, the process. Um, because, you know, in odd ways, as I said, I found strange things like interesting like all of the the you know the weird kind of chemicals and the tests and the this yeah. and that you know on a on a kind of sci-fi level was yeah as it's like wow, geek, i was like oh okay that's interesting you know yeah, that spoke to your geek side yeah yeah you yeah. kind of find that interesting so um yeah you know try and uh i i guess find a way of of, of making the experience you know as, as as comfortable and as interesting as, as you can for you as well is also important so yeah yeah jason thank you so much honestly i just think that's so insightful so much information there and again just i mean obviously you do your you do a podcast which focuses purely on the fertility journey from a daddy's perspective uh it's called daddy's journey 
um, and it's it should be available everywhere now. Uh, I was having some issues trying to get it up on iTunes, but I think it's up on there now. So I mean, it, it should be available there. As I said, I've only got the, the one episode out. Yeah, so we'll get some more out. We need more then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do some more. I do. But yeah, it's up there. I've also put up an Instagram page for it as well, which is okay. just called at Daddy's Journey. And I've got an email address for it, which is uh, Daddy's Journey Podcast at gmail.com. So you know if anybody's interested in in communicating and connecting and and you know having a chat about any part of of the process um then you know i'm willing to do that uh, i'm not a scientist myself so i can't necessarily answer too many you know from personal experience and I think that, yeah that's much more valuable Mm. much more valuable so yeah so yeah. hit up jason if you're someone that's experiencing it you know or you know someone that might want to talk i don't i mean i don't know i think this is a conversation that should be had over and over again so if you're someone that wants to talk about it, hit jason up he'll come and chat to you about it it's all good but yeah yep. definitely i think the way forward is communication open dialogue and just normalizing normalizing mm. what is normal because it's normal yeah. this is normal life you know exactly we need to it's yeah. funny, yeah. <laughs> funny <laughs> little um oh, anecdote just before we end as well because yep. it just popped into my head um where we were talking about uh you know people giving you advice and, and things like that when we were starting to have ivf i'd kind of discussed it with with um two of my close friends mm. one of them the you know bless him he, he, he really kind of took it to heart and so when I went to to meet him uh, like a, a couple of months after we'd had the conversation and we, we kind of met up and stuff, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, I was thinking about what we talked about the other day. So I've got something to help you. So I was like, oh, OK, thanks. So um, he, he goes into his cabinet and he pulls out a box of Viagra and he goes, here you go. Oh, no, you've missed <laughs> And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, that's not quite that's what the problem is with IVF. <laughs> that, that's not quite why we need IVF but but thank you thank <laughs> you know I appreciate it and he was he was proper you know he was just so pleased that he, he contributed something oh, to the course so I was like it. all right well you know <laughs> you see even that, the innocent I mean obviously he did that you know he thought he was helping but you see it it got completely lost Viagra yeah yeah erections <laughs> fertility there's a huge difference yeah. Here. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but yeah that's <laughs> funny that is funny jason before we go where can people find you outside of the podcast the socials yeah so um uh God, my Instagram is uh, jeasypeasy. I've got a podcast as well that I do that I just spoke about earlier on, uh, Wulong Talks. Um, you can find us on all the socials at Wulong Talks if you're into kind of sci-fi, Marvel movies, geek stuff. Just hit us up. We'll chat to you there. Myself and Rich, we love that stuff. We live for it. It pumps through our veins and it's what gets us out of bed in the morning. So um, yeah, man. Yeah, hit us up. Gonna link everything anyway, so people can find. They can link from the description. Um, all the links will be in their instas, emails, the yes. whole. Yeah. Bang. Jason, thank you so much for your time this evening. Thank you so much for your time. Just full stop and sharing your journey. Much love to you, and obviously to the wifey and the beautiful little bundle of joy. Can't even call him a bundle of joy now because he's what three. He's a heifer. He's two and a half. Oh, is he two and a half? <laughs> two and a half going on 21. I'm, I'm yeah, he, yes. <laughs> yes, he, he, he's no. a heifer. <laughs> all That's he does he is... Oh, so he's a heifer. 
you on your toes you know we ask him quincy do you want anything to eat of course exactly what you're asking me (laughs) not even yes of course course. (laughs) but he's gonna be a right clever clogs yeah oh that's so lovely jason thank you thank you so much no problem thanks a lot for having me cheryl and um yeah thank you for opening up the, the conversation